0: I think roller derby is a hopeful thing. He earned enough money from selling plants that he paid off the mortgage on his house. People always want to know, uh, you know, is that a lie or is that the truth? I completely disassembled this Triumph TR6. I wish I could have been a professional woman soccer player. I'm Martha Woodruff, and this is The Spark, an exploration of interesting people doing interesting things.
1: Okay, you've, you've heard that as the start of The Spark now for almost six years here on WMRA. It always means an interesting conversation is coming up next. And today's no exception, except it is very different. Usually, Martha is the interviewer. Well, today, being the very final episode of The Spark as Martha is retiring from WMRA, I'm Matt Bingay, and I'll be the interviewer just this once. So to start off our conversation today, I asked Martha to reflect a bit about her work in public radio and what drove her to create the spark.
0: I think my greatest, most useful talent is uh, that I'm really curious and I really love to hear people's stories. Each one of us is, is our own adventure. And we're the only ones who get to live that adventure. That's it. Nobody else gets to live it. And I love trying to understand what people are doing with their adventure. Does that make sense? And how they feel about it. Learn
1: about and experience and maybe even inform their own adventure.
0: Yes. Yeah, because we can broaden our scope by understanding each other's adventures and stories.
1: So now you know why The Spark has featured fascinating people from all walks of life all around our region here on WMRA over the years. But one of the other things I asked for in today's interview is for some of our listeners to ask the questions. And last week, we put out the call on Facebook, and quite a few listeners did respond with questions of their own. So the rest of this interview is really driven by those who've listened to The Spark over the years. Kate Buford wanted to know... um, Hi, Kate. What changed your life, once or multiple times? And she added, how your life now is uh, shaped by those moments.
0: Well, I... I shy away from generalities, but I've never met anybody whose life hasn't had a crisis. And uh, I, I am completely open about I have two chronic illnesses: one is depression, and one is alcoholism, and uh, they collided in my forties, uh, and I call it my train wreck. And I essentially was sort of shipwrecked in my own life there for a while. There's a sense of when when you're an addict and you're able to get sober, there's a sense of being rescued. must be like something what people feel if they survive the Titanic, Mm -hmm. you know, when so many people don't.
1: A close call. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And— I think what I came out of that with is a real enjoyment and appreciation for good days. That Mm -hmm. every day that's a good day is a good day, and I'm not arguing with it.
1: John Dunn wanted to know which travels have had the greatest effect on you.
0: Oh, you know, I am not an exotic traveler, and I grew up in a bubble, a middle-class, uh, elitist, intellectual bubble. And when I first started uh, freelancing full-time, I had a pickup truck with a camper and I'd just drive around in this looking for stories. And I seemed to end up in, in West Virginia a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In these towns that were, you know, they're dying coal mines and they were towns, bleak towns that were sort of dumped into these hollers. Mm-hmm. And I, that you could
1: miss if you didn't know they yeah, were there. Yeah, if you
0: didn't know you were there, mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't go. And I met people who got me out of my bubble. For example, I was there doing some story on some sort of grassroots community center that some really impoverished town was trying to put together, and this young woman kind of followed me around like a puppy, and. And finally, we we could talk for a minute. And she she said, can I ask you something? And I said, sure. And she said, do you pay your own electric? And I said, yeah, I do. And she said, I've never met a woman who pays her own electric. And
1: that must have been a big eye opener for you. It was
0: that how different people's lives are and it was a time when i remember becoming aware that my experience on paper might look pretty good and my i might look sophisticated but i didn't know much
1: mm-hmm. and you know a about lot more to human, this world yeah, than there's the experience a lot more, you'd already had yeah
0: than my safe little bubble
1: well so angela carter wanted to know what's next but she has an interesting follow up and i think that frankly to me this is the more interesting question if you could say something to yourself in the past what would it be?
0: Um, get real. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I uh, I wasted uh, a lot of time before my train wreck living up to my own image of myself. I put a lot of energy into that, and wow, is that a waste of energy?
1: An image that wasn't necessarily true to who you are.
0: Well, it it was. It it wasn't. It's not that it wasn't true to me. I just wasn't comfortable being, I had to grow into being comfortable with myself and into accepting the world as it really is. And, you know, and I spent a lot of time, what if, if only, Mm -hmm. or trying to plan to control things I couldn't control, you know, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. Right,
1: right. We had quite a few people asking questions about your next book which I know is one of the things that you are eager to concentrate on. It's one of the reasons you're doing your second yes, retirement is, here at WMRA. Yeah, Can I say
0: damn on the air? The <laughs> <laughs> working title is this damn second novel <laughs> because it kind of goes back to what we what we said. I need to inhabit this world, and I keep thinking about books and brews and editing the spark and stuff. And for somehow being published changed my capacity to just compartmentalized. But, um, you know, my the last place I lived in Charlottesville was the Altamont Apartments, which uh, anybody who knows Charlottesville, it's this, they were built in 1929 and they sit on the top of Altamont Circle. And uh, my second novel is set there. It's rechristened the Bella Vista and that building is actually part of the story. And it's the story of four people who are Connected with the Bella Vista, one of whom is uh, Agnes Tattle, who was the mother-in-law in small blessings that seems to be the consensus favorite character because she doesn't take any grief off anybody.: <laughs> So this is a
1: continuation It's of a sorts? continuation,
0: but not a sequel.
1: Right well thank you for Are spending we done? the time. Oh, yay. <laughs> There was no way I could include all of the questions that came in for Martha. So we've decided to create a special airing, which you can hear a Sunday afternoon at 3.30, right after Second Look. All of the questions asked by our listeners, including a few of my own, in a half-hour conversation with Martha Woodruff. It's a special presentation coming up Sunday. You can also hear it online at the Spark page at WMRA. And let me just add... We will all miss Martha, but wish her the very best as she continues to pursue her passion for stories in her writing. And I know if Martha were here right now, she would say, thanks for listening.